You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, the Lord of the Church, Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, both those who have been privileged to be served by Pastor Schrader and those who have served along with Pastor Schrader and those who will continue to serve with Pastor Schrader. Today is kind of an exciting day. On this very day, 13 years ago, my wife Gina and I were standing in the front of a Wells Church in Hastings, Minnesota, being ready to, to make our vows of commitment to a lifelong marriage to each other, before one another, before the congregation, and before God. And 13 years later, the Lord has blessed that commitment with a stronger commitment to him, to each other, and to the four children whom he has blessed us. Today is a special day. But not for that reason. Today is a special day because it's also Father's Day, a day in which we have the opportunity to, to celebrate fathers and to recognize the blessing that fathers bestow on families through such time-treasured gifts as ties that will no doubt end up as a part of a quilt someday, or mugs that will mysteriously find their way to the back of a cabinet or pantry somewhere never to be discovered again. Today is a day for fathers to give thanks to God for the blessings of children and to pray to God for the patience to keep those children alive until they're out of the house. <laughs> Today is a special day. But we're not here this afternoon for any of those reasons. We're here because today is a special day for, for you, Pastor Schrader, because today marks probably the most notable change in your ministry that you will have experienced since all the way back into your ordination into the ministry back in 1995 as you were installed as a pastor at Morning Star. And I suppose you could make a case that there was a little bit of a change coming from Jackson, Wisconsin to Chula Vista, a change that really is a climate change or, or a culture change. But other than that, not all that significant a change because the fact of the matter is that for the 12 years that you have been privileged to serve here, you are more or less, you were really doing the same thing that you did in Wisconsin. Faithfully proclaiming God's grace as you preached it in worship. Teaching God's grace in Bible classes. And applying that grace at many a bedside as well as graveside. But now the change today is a little more notable, I suppose, because everything's going to be different, very different. Because from now on, you won't be tasked so much with those responsibilities, or I'm sure you would agree, those privileges, but many different types of responsibilities. You see, here, while you were in your own kind of little corner of the world in Chula Vista, you didn't really have anybody looking over your shoulders to make sure everything was done the right way. And as you've mentioned, you know, you thrive under a lack of accountability. 
And you have the, the privilege and the honor of a congregation that supports you so that when you say jump, they are right there willing to say how high fast. But things are going to be different now. You're going to have different deadlines. You're going to have to answer to different individuals who are, are going to make sure that, that editing and writing is done on time. You're going to have different responsibilities. And that might be a little bit intimidating to you because really you are kind of entering uncharted territory, aren't you? Not knowing what to expect. And I'm sure in the, the excitement since you have accepted this call to serve as editor of Northwestern Publishing House, I'm sure that that excitement has been overshadowed at least on a few occasions with that intimidation, that nervous anxiety that comes with just not knowing exactly what you've gotten yourself into. Are you intimidated? You shouldn't be. And you shouldn't be because whether you're serving here in Chula Vista or in Wisconsin, in the previous congregation you served, or at NPH as an editor, you're not going to be doing anything really all that different. You're going to be doing exactly what you have been doing for the last nearly 20 years of your ministry to this point. And just what is it that you've been doing faithfully? Peter tells us in his first letter in chapter 4, the 10th verse, you have been serving as a faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms. In one shape or form of another, all you have been doing is doling out God's grace to all who would have it. And that's all God is asking of you in your next call as well. Really probably fitting that we would focus on the words of Peter, somebody who knew that grace very well through first-hand experience. Peter knew that grace as it wrapped itself around him in forgiveness when his risen Lord came to him to assure him that his sacrificial death had quieted the cruel crow of a triple denial. It was Peter who witnessed that grace take center stage on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit locked in some 3,000 souls and marked them for eternal life. It was Peter who, who knew that grace firsthand as he experienced it. And Peter who, time and again, through both of his letters, refers back to that grace in the form of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for all of his hearers. And, and really, in a sense, Peter in writing these letters is really, I suppose, not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. He too was administering God's grace through these letters as he addressed them to God's people who were suffering in ways that would make us shudder and shiver for their faith. And his response to console them, to comfort them in the midst of that suffering was to give them God's grace. It's probably safe to say that you aren't going to deal with that kind of suffering in the call ahead. More than likely, the only suffering you'll have to deal with is mosquitoes, snow, and I suppose many more obnoxious Packers fans. <laughs> but regardless, whether you suffer to that degree or not, you too know well how essential that grace is to your life. See, many lay people often look at a pastor and they, they depict the pastor as a spiritual superhero. 
But you and I and, and all those brothers in the ministry here this afternoon know full well that the devil is determined to derail our ministry and will stop at nothing to try and accomplish that goal. You see, here's how he goes about it. He is more than willing to let us be in the driver's seat as long as he gets to sit shotgun. And he's the first one that is going to encourage us to kind of just coast along in ministry. And then as soon as, as we buy into that lie or deception, he's going to be the first one who is going to turn around and point out how inadequate we are for the ministry. Because we simply are not hard-working enough. And just about the time that we think we have the balance figured out between your commitment to your congregation and your commitment to your family, that is when the devil reaches over and he jerks that wheel to the other side of the road. And he says, just a little more time fine-tuning that sermon. You're almost done finishing that council report. That worship folder can be tweaked just a little bit nicer and, and look a little more professional. Let's be real. Your family is there today. They'll be there waiting for you tomorrow. There's no rush. And then just as soon as we are aware of what the devil's trying to do, we, we maybe overcompensate and try and, and balance things again. And that's when the devil reaches out again and he jerks the wheel in the other direction. And he reminds us, has it really already been three days that you've neglected that call, that visit that you haven't wanted to make to call that person to repentance? Saturday night, and you're just now starting your text study for your sermon tomorrow morning? Are you ever going to get it together? Are you ever going to be organized? Yes, I get that you've got to spend time with your family, but did you forget that you're also called to be a pastor? And the devil is always there everywhere we turn in the ministry, enticing and accusing. Enticing and accusing. And then we wake up to another 24 hours and we are full, fully aware that those 24 hours will be marked with plenty of evidence that would seek to estrange us from God's family and disqualify us from the ministry. And the devil is not shy, is he? You know, as I do, that the devil is more than willing to take all of that evidence and bring it to the Heavenly Father and, and point it out to accuse us, to condemn us, to do anything again he can to derail that ministry. He'll stop at nothing. And the fact of the matter is, the Father can't do anything about it. Because when he looks at all of that evidence, what he sees is a mismanaged marriage. Ministry that has become a mistress failed fatherhood. It can't be denied. But neither can it be denied that the father has already made his choice. And the father has chosen grace. The father can choose grace because of the work of his own son. The Father can choose grace because His Son did what we couldn't and paid for all of our wrongs. Where would we be without the Son? Without the cross? Without the tomb? Where would we be without that grace? The very grace that God has poured out to you in abundance 
that assures us in spite of your inadequacies and your inabilities and your sin. Christ has made you right for the very call that the Holy Spirit has extended to you and led you to accept. That grace is what you are really being called to administer. And God looks at you, Dan, and he says, I have given you many gifts to administer that grace. All I am asking of you is that you use those gifts so that you might administer, be a manager, a steward of my grace for others. And as you look back on your ministry, have you taken note of how the Holy Spirit has really sharpened your skills for this call that you are embarking on? Have you, have you recognized that? The time that he has spent working on you at your first call, the, the time that he continued to, to shape those skills here at Risen Savior, you notice that he has been giving you and shaping you and forming you for all that he is calling you to do as editor at Northwestern Publishing House? It's no secret that you have always expressed a desire and an appreciation to, to write and put together well-crafted Bible studies. But as you have served God's people here, it has struck me that you have always made it a point to try and get resources into the hands of God's people that would enable that grace to be administered and to do its work in their lives. Whether it's a, a weekly email, whether it's a, a devotion that you send home for fathers to share with their families each Sunday. You have written in meditations. You've been published in Forward in Christ. You look back and you see how the Holy Spirit has gradually used all of these things for the task that he has placed before you. And I suppose I could also bring up uh, the comments at the pre-call meeting, which I don't think were coincidence, when the people that have been privileged to be served by you for the last 12 years made it no secret that one of the things they appreciated most about you were your Bible classes and your teaching. God has given you the gifts that are necessary to achieve what he has called you to do. And it's simple. It's extend that grace to others. And so you can go with that confidence, as intimidating as a new call and, and a new president and, and different bosses, so to speak, are. You're not doing anything different but administering God's grace. And think of the impact now, and I know you have, that this provides you with, to be able to, to reach far beyond just the local congregation. To see that that grace, which extends even the far reaches of your mind and all people's sin, that that grace is going to be able to, to reach people in ways that can't be recorded. In numbers that can't possibly be kept track of. That God is going to use you and your gifts because he recognizes in those gifts the ability to stretch that grace and spread it further. And that's exactly what Northwestern Publishing House is seeking to do. To look at, at other opportunities, other ways, not just that we can serve our people, yes, by all means with that grace, but, but even to extend it beyond our circles and our church body so that that grace might reach the ends of the earth. And so, brother, Dan whom I have been privileged to serve with for 12 years, and will continue to serve with you by taking advantage of all the hard work you're doing in Wisconsin. Go with the Lord's blessing and with the confidence that he has given you a, a unique 
a special skill set to do what he's already blessed you with the privilege of doing, just in a different way now, to give that grace to others so that they in turn might grow in the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and that that body of Christ may continue to be built up. God will bless your efforts, brother. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us. Thank you.